The 21st letter in the Aleph Beis is the letter Shin. The letter Shin sounds like the SH together. And depending on the Nakuda on the dot that we place under the Shin, it could be Sha or show or Shu, etc., etc. The letter Shin has three lines. The three lines represent the concept of Keser, the crown, the concept of Chabad, intellect, and the concept of Midos, emotions. The actual design of the Shin, the three lines, represent a crown, like a Keser or a Tag on top of a letter. This concept can also be a subdivision of one of these three concepts. In other words, the three lines of the Shin can represent the three lines of the Keser, of the crown. Crown represents God's will and God's pleasure. And therefore, how does God bring down His will and pleasure into the world? By the fact that the word Keser equals 620. 620 alludes to the 613 commandments and the seven laws of Noah. And therefore, when a person fulfills all of these laws, he fulfills God's will, and this brings about divine pleasure. <clears throat> and similarly, by doing God's will, God brings us pleasure and blessing to the world. And the Kesser is divided up into three lines because the mitzvos are a combination of the right and the left, the right representing positive commandments, the left representing negative commandments, and then there's those mitzvot that come from the central line or the central column, which is from the column of mercy and teferis. Similarly, when it comes to wisdom, there are three levels of wisdom, to the right, to the left, and to the center. The right would be chachma, intellect, which is a lightning bolt, an idea. The left would be bina, understanding, to elaborate on that idea. And then the middle would be the concept of das, and that is to activate and actualize that idea. And similarly with midos, emotions, you have the right and the left and the center. There are the emotions of the right, which is kindness and love. The emotions of the left, which is gavura, severity, criticism, and awe and fear. And then the central column, which represents tefedes, which is mercy, and caring about others. So these are the three different lines of the letter Shin. It also alludes to the three avos, the three fathers, as we will soon discuss. Now, in truth, there are four types of Shins. There is the three-pronged Shin and a four-pronged Shin. And then there is a Shin and a sin. In other words, if you put the dot on the right side of the shin, it becomes shin. If you put the dot on the left side of the shin, it becomes a sin. What's the difference? So the Fidiki Rebbe, when he was a child, once asked his father, the Rebbe Rashab, Tati, why did God have to create two eyes? He only created one nose and one mouth. But why did he create two eyes? And the Rebbe Rashab said, the right eye he created to look at another Jew. To look at another Jew with a right eye to always see the good in another person. The left eye was created to look at sweets and candies. What does that mean? 
So Hasidus explains that the right side is kindness, is expansiveness, and the left side is gevura, which is criticism and holding back, constraint. And therefore we find if you put the shin in front of the word, you have the word sha'ar. Sha'ar means a gate. A gate is something that is very big. There's an open gate. A car can go through the gate. A tank can go through the gate. The gate is very wide. However, if you take the same three letters that spell that sha'ar, and now you switch the dat from the right side of the shin to the left side of the shin, you now have the sin. It now spells out the word seor. Seor are hears. The hairs of one's head. The opening in the hair is very, very small. Yet, on one hand, the hair is alive. On the other hand, you can cut the hair without any feeling any pain. So the concept of sa'ar, or seor, is a shin turned into a sin. So the shin is wide and expansive. The sin represents constraints and limitations. And that is why the Rebbe Rashab said, when you look at another Jew, a fellow Yid, a human being, you look with the right eye. You see the good in him. And you see what kind of potential that person has. You look at that person in an expansive way. When you look at candies, things that you don't really need, you look at it with the left eye. In a small way, ah, I don't need the candy, I'll have only one candy. It's not that important. So that is the shin and the sin. Then we have a shin of three lines and a shin of four lines. Where do we find the shin of four lines? On a pair of tefillin. On every pair of tefillin, you have on one side a shin of three lines, on the other side, you have a shin of four lines. What's the difference? The difference is, as the Rebbe explains in his Rishimis, the Rebbe explains over there that there are two reasons for the three-pronged shin and the four-pronged shin. One is that the three-pronged shin represents the three fathers, and the four-pronged shin represents the four mothers. Another interpretation is, that the three-pronged shin represents the letter shin in a Sefer Torah, in a Torah scroll. When you take ink and you write it on parchment. And the four-pronged shin represents the shin in the Ten Commandments. In other words, in the tablets. When you engrave the letters, when you engrave a letter in stone, three lines, you have four walls. So the four-pronged shin alludes to the shin that is engraved in the stone of the tablets. Now, the Rebbe once explained, and many times explained, that when we have more than one interpretation on a verse, they come to complement each other. And the fact that we have here at least two interpretations of why the tefillin has two shins, we must say that each interpretation is complementing the other. In other words, the four-pronged shin that represents the four mothers are also connected to the shin in the tablets. And the three-pronged shin 
that represent the fathers allude to the letters in a Torah scroll. And how do we understand this? The chinuch, the education of a parent to a child begins at the very moment that the child is born. However, as the Shalak Kodesh explains, the mother is the one that begins the education at the very, very early stage. When the child is first born, she begins to sing songs to him like Torah is the best as Torah is the best merchandise. And she's the one who educates him to say modani in the morning and wash his hands and say brachas before he eats and to kiss his tzitzis every day, etc., etc. And that a little girl should bless the candles every Shabbos. So these are the educational qualities that the mother engraves into the mind of the child. When the child gets a little older, then the father takes over and he's now responsible to learn with the child Gemara. And he's responsible to learn with the child other subjects. Now, the education of the mother is engraved forever and ever. That will never change. However, the education of the father might change because the child might outsmart his father. He'll grow older and smarter, and that is the wish of every teacher and every parent that our children go beyond us, that they're smarter than us. And therefore, the way the father taught the child is not necessarily the way that the child is learning today. So just like the letters on a Sefer Torah can be separated, or God forbid, even erased, so too the education of the father to the child might be changed. But the education of the mother, those qualities that she instills into her child is engraved forever and ever. So that is the difference between the four-pronged shin and the three-pronged shin. There's also a fourth shin, and that is the silent shin. And that is found in the word Yisachar. In the Torah, one of the twelve tribes was called Yisachar. Now Yisachar is spelled Yud, Shin, and a second Shin. But the second Shin is silent, we do not pronounce it. And the question is, what is that Shin doing there? Why is there two Shins? How do we understand this? And one answer is that Yisachar and Zavulun, the two sons of Yaakov, who were very close in age, and they were buddy-buddy, these two sons made a deal. Yisachar said, I will learn Torah all the time. And Zavulun said, I will go out and do work. And they split the prophets. Yisachar came back from the yeshiva at night, and he met his brother Zavulun, and Zavulun would give him 50% of his earnings to Yisachar for the Torah study that Yisachar did. So Yisachar studied for Zavulun, and therefore he received half of the prophets of Zavulun. And that is why there is a silent shin in Yisachar, because the word Yisachar means yesh sachar, there is reward. However, the second shin is silent because Yisachar was really a silent partner in the business of Zavulun. So therefore, the shin is not pronounced. Another concept is that the silent shin also alludes to two levels of Torah. There's the revealed Torah that we speak about in public, and then there's the hidden Torah that remained hidden for many generations until the Arizal came along 
1570 and said, Mitzvah legali zesachachma, now we have to reveal this wisdom to the world. And the Baal Shem Tov began to teach the teachings of Hasidus, and that continued with the Alter Rebbe all the way down to this Rebbe. So the idea of the second shin, the silent shin, represents the concealed part of the Torah. Also, the word Yisachar can allude to Yesh Sachar, as we said earlier. The word Yesh, there is, also alludes to 310, because Shin equals 300 and Yud equals 10. There are 310 worlds of pleasure, as the final Mishnah says in the Tractate of Uksin, that there are 310 worlds to every tzaddik. The question is, why only 310? Where did we get that number? The Alter Rebbe in the Torah explains that really there should be 620 worlds because there are 620 commandments, 613 of the Torah law and then seven laws of the rabbis and the seven Noahide laws that one is obligated to teach the nations of the world. So there's a total of 620. Why then are there only 310 worlds? Because we have half of 620. Yisachar, who is learning the Torah, all 620 mitzvahs of the Torah, gives half of his Torah learning over to Zavolim. So Yisachar only has Yesh, he only has 310. The other 310 is now given over to his brother. So this is the, the meaning of the word Yisachar and the meaning of the silence Shin in the word Yisachar. What is the gematria of Shin? The gematria of Shin is 300. What is the meaning of 300? On a simple level, the three lines of the Shin, as we said earlier, represent the concept of Keser and also the concept of intellect and also the concept of emotions. So Keser is the idea of pleasure, and divine will. And therefore, 300 alludes to perfection. In other words, if you get 100 on your test, you got a perfect score. And similarly, in Judaism, when you reach 100, which is 10 times 10, this represents perfection. So Shin represents one's perfection in these three columns. Similarly, the three columns or the three lines of the Shin can also allude to Torah, Avodah, or Gumilas Chasodim, the study of Torah, prayer, and good deeds. Some people excel in one field, the study of Torah. Other people excel in a second field, charity. However, the Shin represents an individual who is perfect in all three fields. He excels in Torah study and prayer and good deeds. So that is the, the gematria of Shin. But if you spell out the word shin, shin yud nun, you have 360. 360 allude to the concept of the general year. Because there are 12 months in the year, and a month is an average of 30 days. So shin represents 360. Shin alludes to Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the year. It also represents the Yom Kippur. 
And this is a day that brings atonement for the entire year. And that is why the word kapher, which is atonement, or like Yom Kippur, kapher equals 300. Because what is the concept of the shin? To bring shuva, to bring healing and repentance to shin, to 360 days of the year. The shin, as we said earlier, also has three lines or four lines. And then on top of the shin, we also have the, the three tagin, the crown, that is on top of the letter shin. So what does this mean? As we said earlier, shin alludes to Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the year. In the first Mishnah, in the tractate of Rosh Hashanah, we are told that there are actually three Rosh Hashanahs. There are three New Years. Another opinion says there are four New Years. And that is why we have the three-pronged Shin and the four-pronged Shin. Now, if you look further into the Gemara on page 7b, Rebbe says there are five Rosh Hashanahs. There are five New Years every year. How do we find the fifth? This would allude to the prongs on top of the Shin, the crown of the Shin the keser, or the tagin, on top of the shin, this would allude to the fifth dimension, which would be the fifth Rosh Hashanah. What is the fifth new year? Hasidim say that Yud Tes Kislev, the 19th of Kislev, is the new year, is the Rosh Hashanah of Hasidus, is the new year for the teachings of the hidden Torah, the silent shin, the teachings of Hasidus. And this holiday is also called Chag HaChagim. It's called the holiday of all holidays. And that is why it's above the Shin. It's on top of all the holidays. Because it is the holiday of all the holidays. Now how do we say that Yutas Kislev, the 19th of Kislev, the Rosh Hashanah of Chassidus, is the holiday of all holidays? And the answer is the concept and the theme of a holiday, a Chag, means a day of joy. Chag Sameach, right? A holiday of joy. Every holiday was supposed to rejoice. You shall rejoice on your holidays. So one would think you should only rejoice three times a year. On Shavuos, on Sukkis, on Pesach. Comes along the Baal Shem Tov and says, Ivdu as Hashem b'simcha. Every day a Jew has to serve God with joy. And the mitochondria for joy. What is the source of joy? What is the Chaga Chagim, the holiday of all holidays that allows us to be joyous all year round? That is the 19th of Kislev, the Rosh Hashanah of Chassidus. Because that is one of the primary themes of Chassidus, that a Jew must be happy. A Jew must constantly be in a state of joy. And therefore, this is the fifth Rosh Hashanah, which is Chaga Chagim. What is the meaning of Shin? Shin has two meanings, two opposite meanings. On one hand, shin means shinui, means a change, to change oneself. On the other hand, shin is from the word mishnah, which means repetition. It's similar to Rosh Hashanah. What is the meaning of Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year? On one hand, it means a year of change. This year we have to change. On the other hand, Hashanah means something which is a repetition. 
It's a Mishnah. It's repeating itself. So is it change or is it repeating itself? And the answer is that it's really both. Rosh Hashanah gives us the ability in our repetition to have change. In other words, to do everything with a new inspiration, with a new chayis, with a freshness. Because they say that there's a concept called the 10,000 hour rule. If you do something for 10,000 hours, then you master that field. If you're a musician, it takes 10,000 hours to become a professional musician, etc., etc. And the same is true with Judaism. Judaism is about repetition. And the question is, why so much repetition? Why three times a day the same Shemona Esri, the same Amidah? Why every Shabbos do we read the same Pasha year after year? Why can't we do something new every year? And the answer is, God wants us to master Judaism. He wants us to master prayer. He wants us to master Torah study. He wants us to master charity. However, even though we master it, and therefore it is repetition, at the same time it also has to be shinui. It has to be with a newness, with a new excitement, like it is the first time that we're doing it. And that is the concept of the letter shin. And if we can truly master all three fields and at the same time give in a new excitement, then we truly reach 300, a perfection in each one of these fields, in each one of these prongs. And this is the meaning of the letter Shin.